Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul White. It's the 24th day of July, and I want to thank you for being with me today. It's our monthly meeting in Flowery Branch, Georgia today, 4 o'clock Eastern Time, that we meet once a month. We meet every week on Tuesday night, but we like to have a Sunday get-together and uh, we open, they're always open for everyone, but the monthly ones are a little easier for people to make. And so if you're ever coming through our part of the world, North Georgia, check paulwhiteministries.com slash schedule. Make sure about starting times and all that, but we would love to have you. We preach something different every month. Uh, we take communion together as a body of believers. We're just experiencing life in Christ together and enjoying every minute of it, and we like to share that with you. Of course, we will record the sermon portion of this meeting, and we'll put that on our website soon. We announce a new one every week. I announce it to you on Saturday. We put it up on Sunday. There is one up right now um, called Resurrection Now. I told you all about that yesterday. You want some information about Resurrection through the lens of Jesus from John 11, go check out Resurrection Now. Okay, Second Timothy, we've moved away the last couple of days because yesterday was our announcement day about some dates and also about our new portal, the additional content portal at the website. The day before that, we aired a clip on Long Form Friday, which really wasn't long form, 10, 12 minutes, something like that, uh, from a sermon that really moved me. I thought maybe move you. That means for the last few days, we haven't done our Second Timothy study. Well, we're going to remedy that this week and go full speed ahead. We will go full speed ahead until next weekend, whenever the final day of the month, we will air our essay edition. But up until then, it'll be 2 Timothy. Um, Also, want to remind you real quick that I'm in Westminster, South Carolina, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of next week. Check out the website for details. Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Just a refresher in case you, well, we haven't spoken on this in a few days, so just a quick refresher so that we get back into the flow contextually. This is Paul. This is another moment where Paul attributes the gospel he preaches to being his, and what we know he means by that is that he received it. He believed he received the revelation of the new covenant from the Lord Jesus, and therefore when he says, my gospel, he, he's not talking about the good news of the apostle Paul. That's not good news. He's talking about the good news of, and then he inserts here, Jesus Christ is seed of David raised from the dead. And so all of the things that go into that, Jesus, the anointed one, seed of David being that he's the rightful king, uh, the king that was prophesied to come, raised from the dead, makes him the firstborn uh, in a new creation, uh, raised from the dead, puts the seal of approval on the cross. All of the things that you can say about the gospel in some ways are encapsulated here. And as we said a few days ago, if this is not an exhaustive verse on what the gospel is, but maybe a good place to start is what the gospel isn't. And the gospel isn't a uh, isn't just about Jesus without him being the anointed one. So it's not about a guy that had good principles. That doesn't make anybody Christos. That doesn't make him the Savior. Principles don't make him the Savior. But once you once he's the Savior, you've got good news. The seed of David means that he's a king and he's a prophesied king, which means the whole Old Testament then leads up to him. And therefore, he's not just an anomaly on the scene. He's the end result of what has been the entire story of the Old Testament. Because he's seed of David, things flow to him. And then because he goes to the cross, things flow through him. That leads to the third one, raised from the dead. That makes it good news because the message isn't just about dying. The message is about living. 
And as much as I've told you, uh, it seems like lately a thousand times over the last few years, uh, even shorter than that, that the gospel, that following Jesus requires your death, that you go into his death, may we never think that's the end of the message. It isn't just a death. It's a death to get to a resurrection. What we're ultimately doing here is living in Christ. And that life in Christ isn't just when I go over into the glory land, but my life in Christ begins as I enter into the death of who he is. That leads to verse 9. For which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains, but the word of God is not changed. He is suffering as if he is an evildoer, and I think this could have two connotations. One, he is suffering in the way that an evildoer would. So he's probably, we know he's in prison here, but he's probably chained up next to some legit evildoers. And so he's like, look, I'm suffering as the same way these guys are suffering. I'm in here with murderers and rapists and traitors and whatever, thieves and hardened criminals. And I'm in the same prison. I'm suffering as an evildoer. But he's also, I think, and this one might be even more important. He could be saying that I am suffering as if what I am doing is being viewed as evil. So the presentation of the gospel is being viewed as evil. And maybe in two ways. At least historically, we know this is accurate. The Roman Empire grew to view, the the early Roman Empire grew to view the presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ as evil because they saw it as subversive. It was the denial that Caesar was the son of God. And if Caesar is not the son of God, he's not deity. And if he's not deity, how... What is your obligation to follow him? Um, remember, you're living in empirical Rome here, not Republic Rome. Uh, and re- the Republic falls into empire rather easily, which I wonder as I look around at our happy Republic, as Jefferson once called it, if we ha- are not seeing the earmarks of empire uh, here and there. And let's hope we're not. But that seems to be the, the possibility. Rome certainly saw Paul as an evildoer. And the Jewish authorities saw Paul as an evildoer because the presentation of Jesus as the Christ would mean that they killed the Son of God. They killed the Anointed One. And that's the early accusation, the early chapters of the book of Acts that the church has against the Roman authorities. That theology rounds out, gets deeper, gets better. It's one of the things I've enjoyed in this journey that we're taking in our Tuesday group through the church is to watch how that theology rounds out, the sort of bumps in the road as the church starts to figure those things out. I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. He's imprisoned, but the word of God is not chained. And why? Because it never is. And that's Paul's reason for writing, that even if I'm in prison, these words live on, and the knowledge that what... the And and I think when we say the word of God, we all can slip a little too much into thinking that means the written word. Jesus is the word. You do not chain who Jesus is. You can go to prison. If Christ is in you, Christ is in prison with you. So there's no chaining of Christ. Wherever you go, he is there. Even to the point of change, but the word of God is not chained. Of course, you cannot hold back who he is. Uh, We'll go into Paul's therefore tomorrow on the podcast. Have a great day. God bless.